Thanks so much for coming today. We have uh, just recently celebrated 30 years as a church, and um, we're grateful for uh, everything God has done. And uh, but but an idea that came out of that 30-year uh, celebration was that we would not be 30 years old, but 30 years fresh. And, uh, and it's kind of been a, a guiding idea for us um, over the last couple of months, really, to think about how to push refresh, how to keep things fresh, uh, how to keep church fresh, um, how to keep our marriage fresh, uh, right, how to keep our relationship with God fresh, how to keep your life fresh. And uh, what I do realize is that fresh does not happen like on accident. You don't, you don't drift into uh, a fresh life, a fresh new chapter, a fresh new day. Uh, you got to be intentional about it. And uh, you got you to decide, I'm going to stay fresh. I'm going to keep things fresh. And um, you can easily drift into stale, um, but you have to do something on purpose to enter into fresh. And so uh, a passage of scripture that has meant a lot to me over the years, and I hope you have these kind of passages in your life that you can go back to that speak life to you and uh, give you insight um, into how to handle things. And everybody has those kind of passages in their in their world. I have a bunch of them, but Joshua chapter one is is one that has helped me a lot over the years and. Um, it really is a great uh, turning point. The page is turning for Israel, and they are moving into a new day, a fresh chapter, a fresh way of relating to God. Uh, you know, they're not being led just by a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day, causing them to wander or manna falling from the sky. They're moving into a whole new realm, a whole new season. And they're really pushing fresh in a lot of ways. And so um, I want to read this passage and share a couple of ideas that I think will help us all uh, just keep moving into fresh. Somebody say fresh. Joshua 1 verse 1 says, It came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead now, therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I've given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, as far as the great sea, toward the setting of the sun will be your territory." No man will be able to stand before you or against you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. So be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do According to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you, do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, 
but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. You will have success. So there's a ton of ideas in here, and I've just pursued a few over these last couple of weeks, but one is you got to let go of the past. If you're going to move into fresh, you got to be willing to let go of the past, whether it was good or whether it was bad. Moses is dead. It's time to move on. It's a new day, a new way of interacting with God. The second idea that we looked at for a little while is you got to rise up and get going. Arise, uh, Joshua was told, and cross over into the Jordan. And Sometimes I think we want to wait to become something before we do something. But the truth is you become something by doing something. Hello? Like you learn how to pray by praying. You know, you, you, you learn how to play an instrument by playing the instrument. You got to rise up. You got to get going. The third idea is this idea. You got to cross over into new territory. In new territory, there's new ideas, there's new thinking, there's new connections, there's fresh uh, connections that happen in your brain uh, as you move into new territory. And today, I have two ideas that I want to pursue for a few moments. The first one is this. To move into fresh ground, you have to be strong and courageous. Be strong. So three different times, uh, Joshua is told this, and each one of these times, has a little bit of a nuance to it uh, that's different than the other. So Joshua 1.6 says, Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land, which I swore to their fathers to give them. In other words, stand up, be strong, believe the promise that God's given you. This Verse 7 says, Only be strong and very courageous, be careful to do, according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. So be strong, courageous, and obey God. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. And then verse 9 says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I think the opportunity to to be weak and fearful was, was real for Joshua. The opposite of being strong and courageous would be weak and fearful. And if, if you want to move into a new chapter, if you want to move into a new level, if you want to move into a new day, a new life, If you want to move into the best you that God wants you to be, then you're going to have to understand you got to be strong and courageous. You can't enter in weak and fearful. And let me just say, this is not just about you entering into your promised land. We need you to be your best for the glory of God. Amen. Come on, husbands, your family needs you to be strong and courageous. Wives, moms, your family needs you 
to not be weak and fearful, but to be strong and courageous. And I think there's, you know, there's, there's these different postures that we could take that as we march into a new season together, we could, we could be weak and fearful about the future, weak and fearful about moving forward, weak and fearful about trying something new, or we could be strong and courageous. And I'm not talking about, like, you know, stirring up some kind of fleshly bravado sort of thing. The Bible is clear about this over and over again. For you and I to enter in to everything God has for us, to take possession of our inheritance, to take possession of our land, to move into our best, you got to be strong and courageous. Ephesians 6 Verse 10, let me give you a couple verses. I could really give you like 100 plus, but I'm just going to give you a couple right now. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. 2 Timothy 2.1 says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. Psalm 27 verse 14 says, Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Psalm 31, verse 24 says, Be strong, let your heart take courage, all you who hope in the Lord. It takes strength and courage to try something new. It takes strength and courage to try. It takes strength and courage to try Again, after you've messed up, after you've blown it, after something has somebody else has done wrong to you, to get up and say, I'm going to go at it again. I haven't had a good week, but I'm going to get after it this week. I haven't had a good month, but I'm going to go for it again. I haven't had a good year, but I'm just going to keep going for it again. I'm going to try again. It Weak and fearful makes you keep going more and more receding. <laughs> Strong and courageous is what you need to really move forward in life. And so my encouragement to you today is to recognize that you, it, takes, it takes strong and courageous to change. It takes strong and courageous to change. To stick with something. To say, I, I, this is my assignment. This is what God wants me to do. This is where I'm going to stick with it. And it takes strength and courage to do that. Strong and courageous or weak and fearful. 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. I think it's important to get this idea straight because I think there is this false humility thing that can't grab a hold of the idea of I'm going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I'm going to step up and have courage to move forward. A lot of people think being a Christian is just like trying to be the nice guy. And I'm not against you being the nice guy. But weak and fearful 
will never, and I underline the word, never serve you well. A, a spirit, a spirit of faith. God's given us a spirit of power, of love, of a sound mind. And I know sometimes we hear this idea about fear, it's like <laughs> you look outside and a, and a bear is coming at your house. You think, well, that's, that's fearful. But I'm talking about the idea that you might step into something new that you might step into a change, that you might stick with something you know God wants you to stick, stick with. And, and the fear factor is you, you're, you're wondering, am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Am I gifted enough? Am I going to fail? Is, I know that guy stands up in church and preaches about God, never fails or forsake you, but what if he does? I think the Lord gave Joshua this commandment three different times in just three or four verses because it's, it's a battle we're all fighting. I love what Jim Rohn said years ago, humility is a virtue, but timidity is a disease. And so when fear is making your decisions, when all of a sudden you don't have confidence in God and you don't have confidence in who you are in Christ and you don't have confidence in the grace and the gift that God's put on your life, I promise you it takes the winning edge off your life. So we, the, the, word, the, the Greek word that was that's, Translated power here is, is the word dunamis or dynamic. God's given us a dynamic spirit. The word love is the word agape. It's unconditional love. It's like love that is not dependent on what other people do or say. To, to have a sound mind. I'm saying that what God wants you and I to walk in, what he wants our church to walk in, what he wants your family to walk in, you're dynamic, <laughs> You're loving. You're clear-headed. That's the way we do life. And, and I think the call to Joshua, as the call would be to us today, is this is how I'm going to do my life. Dynamic. Try this side. See if I can get a little more dynamic. Dynamic. Right? Loving. Clear-headed. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 6 says, Therefore, being always of good courage. This word that's translated courage, the root is the idea of being bold. To, to be full of courage is to be encouraged. To lose your courage is to be discouraged. Discouragement is one of the main weapons the enemy will use. I, I can't emphasize enough. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
When you are encouraged, when you are discouraged, it usually means you're focused on you. You're focused on what's not going right for you. You're focused on things that haven't developed the way you want them to. D.L. Moody was one of the greatest evangelists that ever lived in the U.S., and he said, God never uses discouraged people. And I'm not, if you're discouraged, let me tell you this, I think one of the reasons D.L. Moody was so strong about discouragement, because I bet he fought discouragement. And you've got to learn how to encourage yourself. There's some people you hang around, <laughs> and you're not happy after that meeting. Come on, there's some Thanksgiving dinners you're going to go to. You are not going to come home feeling good about yourself. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on. You got to learn how to encourage yourself. Like, get some worship music going and encourage yourself. Read something worthwhile, like your Bible, right? Listen to podcasts of great preaching. Decide who you're going to hang out with. You got to plug into encouraging sources in your, in your life. You got to build encouragement. Because in, here's what I find about encouragement. Encouragement leaks. Just like vision leaks. Just like faith leaks. Just like joy leaks. And life is working overtime to throw discouragement at you. And you got to build encouragement into your life. All right, my next idea, which is like my main idea today, so that was prelim. Let me talk about this for a minute. Number five, move into freshes. You have to upgrade your self-talk. You have to upgrade your self-talk. The title of my message is Upgrade the Narrative. So, Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, everybody say mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you would be careful to do according to all that's written in it, for then you're going to make your way prosperous. Then you'll have success. Your mind and your mouth. That conversation that's going on in your head. You can talk yourself into a small place in a hurry. You can talk yourself out of trying the new thing in a hurry. I really believe there's hardly anything that impacts us more than the narrative we tell ourselves, the story we tell ourselves. The promises are there for everybody. But it's how we talk to ourselves about it. It's, it's, how, it's how we 
frame what's happened to us. Because somebody's had really terrible things happen to them, but somehow they worked it out where they could overcome and move into fresh. And somebody else has had something bad happen to them, and they, it has, they've carried it around for years and decades and sometimes a lifetime. The narrative you tell yourself about how unfair all this has been. If, if you want fair, you're on the wrong planet. The, the narrative you tell yourself about what's going on right now. The narrative you tell yourself about what the future really holds. And I'm not just suggesting, I'm as strongly as I could urge that we have to learn how to manage our self-talk or we're going to end up with something we don't even want. We're going to end up with a life we never intended to have. We're going to end up in a place that we don't really want to be at. Healthy people are really aware of their self-talk. See, everybody in this room right now is having an unending dialogue. When you wake up at 3 in the morning, it's turning over in your head. When, when right now, as I'm speaking... You're having a dialogue about what I'm saying and whether you agree or disagree, whether you think I'm after something or not. I mean, all this whole thing is going on. All of us have this unending dialogue all day, every day. And the truth is, you got to recognize that not every thought you have is a good one. Amen. Come on. Some of your ideas are stupid. Come on. You got to know that. Now follow me. I'm not calling you stupid. Well, some of you I would, but I'm not supposed to do that. What I'm saying is that the majority of self-talk is not really accurate. We have these thoughts, these ideas that are in our head, they're not really true, but it's ideas that we've convinced ourselves they're true. And self-talk is rarely accurate, but we keep building our belief out of it. The, the people who study this say, in a conversation between 150, 300 words a minute in talking. But self-talk is almost 10 times, 1,300 words a minute. So while I'm talking to you, 150 words a minute, you're talking to yourself. When you get up in the morning, you're bombarded with all these thoughts. And 70% of self-talk tends to be negative. You might think, am I the only one that's got all this negative self-talk? Yes, you are. No, you're not. We're, everybody's... So, what I'm saying to you is the battle in your mind is real. 
2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. Though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, they're not of the natural. But our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of strongholds. We're destroying speculations or reasonings. And every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So, the progression is this. You have thoughts that you turn into your reasonings. Sometimes those reasonings help you move forward because they're good reasonings, but sometimes your thoughts turn your reasonings into excuses of why this can't happen for you. Thoughts turn into reasonings, which turn into strongholds. And the Bible says there, there's lofty things, like they sound good, but they're raised up against the knowledge of God. So we got to know, we're all in this spiritual war, and yes, there's this battle out on the outside of us, spiritual forces, in spiritual places. No question. But I'm convinced that the biggest battle every one of us is facing is the one that's going on inside of your head. Because if you can, get, if you can win that battle, all the spiritual forces of darkness are defeated already by what Jesus has done on the cross. The battle that matters the most in determining whether we will enter into God's best is the battle that's going on in your head. So healthy people stop and evaluate their self-talk. Like how you think, what you think, what you think about. Because those thoughts eventually control your choices. Those thoughts eventually control your emotions. Those thoughts eventually control your behavior. And here's what I know. These strongholds, the thought that turned into what seems reasonable to me that became my stronghold. There's patterns of thinking they run our lives and we don't even know that they're running our lives. So in your head, in my head, is there's thoughts that I learned. There's thoughts that my parents gave me. There's, there's thoughts I made up. My explanation, there's family thoughts, there's cultural thoughts, there's candor thoughts, I mean, you know somebody in candor 
would approach something different than somebody from Japan. Hello? I could crack a few jokes here, but it probably wouldn't win me any points. I'm going to bring that thought captive to the obedience of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. There's worldly thoughts. In other words, here's what the world is telling you is right about sex and sexuality. Here's what God is telling you. There's my coping with life, thoughts. And I'm saying that the collection of all those thoughts have built our reasonings. And we're having that thought. And when I'm saying some of your thoughts are stupid, it's because what's developed is crazy ideas that got fed to you that you just accepted as true, that I just accepted as true, and our narrative starts to turn into a stronghold. So honestly, like how you think about God, because some people think God is angry, out to get them, doesn't want them blessed. And how you think about God is creating your choices. How you think about money. I say this a lot. I know it doesn't win me points, but, uh, but it is true. How you think about money matters because if you think right about it, you'll have some. And if you don't, you won't have any. Because there's no shortage of money. How you think about risk? How you, th how you think about authority? Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Question authority, right? How you think about it? How you think about sexuality? How you think about sex? I know you do think about sex. <laughs> You're acting like you don't. Right. Thank you very much. How you think about men? How you think about women? How you think about church? How you think about self-discipline? How you think about fun? What is fun? I'm saying all of us have a stronghold somewhere. That stronghold has been is controlling the conversation. And you hear a promise from God, but you talk yourself out of it. You, you get a glimmer of hope and you talk yourself out of it. The conversation in your head. So people get these strongholds. So they have this stronghold of rejection because the people that mattered the most to them rejected them and now they feel like everybody's going to reject them. People have strongholds of fear. 
People have strongholds of worry. They can't imagine. Like that's how I show I care. I worry. People have strongholds of rebellion. People have strongholds of contention. There's some people that honestly think their job is to be contentious. Like their job is to always go in and straighten things out. But the truth is, they've just got a stronghold of contention. Because everywhere they go, they find something wrong. Am I preaching this okay? Come on. And, and the truth is, you could have a negative stronghold or you could have a positive stronghold. Like, you could have a stronghold of peace. You could have a stronghold of joy. You could have a stronghold of faith. You could have a stronghold of confidence. You could have a stronghold of abundance. The, the thoughts that are running around in our head, the conversation that's taking place, the words we speak, both within our head and out of our mouth. I, I like this passage because I think it, talks about how to set direction, but I, I think it's as much about the words that come out of your mouth as it is about the words that are going on in your head. But James chapter 3 says, we all stumble in many ways. If anyone doesn't stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. In other words, it's not easy to get a hold of this. If we put the bits in the horse's mouths, so that they will obey us, we direct their entire body. Look at the ships also. Though they are so great and driven by strong winds, they're still directed by a very small rudder. Wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. Wow. Your, your tongue, your words, your conversation, it's guiding your life. It's, it's steering me. It's steering you. That's why I, I'm just such a big fan of, come on, man, when it's time to worship, guide your life. <laughs> right? Get, get, in the, get in your Bible, not just to log time so God would somehow approve of you. That's a stupid thought. How about this? You get in the Bible, let the Holy Spirit speak a promise to you, and that gets in your mouth, that gets in your head, that gets in your conversation, and you got something to declare. I, I want to pray with you today. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes, please. Father, we all need your help to win this battle that's going on inside of us. And I, I'm praying, Father, I know that there are people in this room that could think they have good reasoning for where they're at, but your promise would take us to something so much greater. I'm praying you will help us. I'm praying you will strengthen us. I'm praying Every person in this room, Father, gets it. We are all upgrade the narrative. With every head bowed, every eye closed,
I just want to take a minute. Maybe you're here today and you've never before surrendered your life to Jesus. I would love to pray with you. Come on, let's start that journey together. Maybe you're here. You used to be close to God, but you're not where you used to be, where you want to be, where you should be. You know you should. Today would be a great day to come home. Or maybe you just feel unsure about where you stand. But today, here's an opportunity in this moment. I don't want anybody to leave this room without a sense of confidence. My life is in the hands of an incredible God. So if you've never surrendered to Jesus, you've fallen away or you feel unsure, and you say, Pastor, would you, would you pray with me? I want you to lift your hand real high and say, that's me. Would you pray for me? All over this room, just right where you are right now. God bless you, sir. God bless you guys. Come on, anybody else, just, just be bold for a minute. Just be honest for a minute. Anybody else? Come on, maybe things have drifted away for you. Or, or maybe you've never made that decision before. Anybody else? Thank you. All over the room. Anybody else? Hey, let's pray this prayer together. This is for everybody who lifted their hand, but I love it when we all pray together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned and I come to the cross where you have paid the price for my sin. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love. I receive your help into my life. I surrender to you as my Lord. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen. Thank you.